Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right. Hey, we're back here on the Ohio Wind, and I am excited to introduce our first-time guest, um, Allison Ward, a reporter uh, from the Columbus Dispatch. Allison, thanks for coming on. How are you today? I am doing great. Thanks, Chris, for having me. I'm excited to be here for the first time. Yeah, it was giving you the preview of what's expected. Is I'm excited to talk about cicadas. I mean, I guess there's so much junk in the world to talk about, you know, from all the turmoil, the unrest, you know, COVID, a crazy presidential election. So maybe we're just, we're trying to reach out to something that is gross, but something that we embrace, something that's not causing us as much angst as everything else. So, you know, here at Gannett, Ohio, my goodness, every time we write about cicadas, the public loves it. Um, and, you know, Allison, you wrote a story recently about cicadas and food. And Allison, I am game for anything cicada-based. It's fun to read about cicadas. I guess it's fun to read about cicadas and food, but that's nothing I definitely want to try. Uh, what was your experience of writing the story? And we'll have a link to it with the podcast. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll definitely say that I think those cicadas might have been causing angst to those golfers at the Memorial Tournament yeah. a couple of weekends mm-hmm. ago, because I feel like that's where, where they're some of the loudest in town. But but yeah, I you know, we were trying to think of some stories to do around cicadas. And I've done um, a bunch of food stories over my you know time at the dispatch. And me and the food editor, um, Becky Cover, were trying, she's like, I heard some people are eating cicadas because there's this big cookbook out of the University of Maryland that everyone kind of references. And I think it's, it's called Cicadalicious Cooking and Enjoying Periodical Cicadas. And um, so we just thought we'd have some fun with that um, and come up with some recipes. And um, yeah, and basically through, you know, people weren't really super hyped about like trying different recipes when I was talking to people, like I talked to a local forager, but they were more just the curiosity, the novelty. I think that's why there's been some cicada craze that everyone's looking for a little something different to take their mind off things. You know, I think that's why people have been searching, where are they going to be? There's, you know, an app that kind of tracks where they are. And um, yeah. So I think, you know, just that curiosity and novelty is, is kind of what drew people to, to kind of want to, Talk, even talk about, you know, eating cicadas. Yeah, it's so weird because, like, the effects of COVID are slowing down. I know last year when COVID really, the full brunt of COVID hit, I mean, there are are a lot of serious discussions. Hey, hopefully there's not a food shortage. You know, and, you know, back then, I guess the thought was, hey, maybe we'd have to think of alternative food sources. You know, sources. What do we do here and everything? Well, hey, COVID's still a problem. We still need to be careful for economy. But it's not that 
we're all going broke. And it's not that there's no food to eat. There's still plenty of food out there. Why are we looking at cicadas? I mean, I would think cicadas would be a food you would turn to is if we said, oh, my goodness, there's a famine in the land. It's either cicadas yeah. or you're starved. Yeah, I mean, well, why is it so buzzy right now? Well, I think it's because they're here only seven every 17 years. It's your only time to try. Okay. Right. But, but, you know, it's some of the people I talk to, you know, I talk to, you know, professor at OSU who kind of studies the, you know, the, um, you know, what it's like to eat bugs. And it's something millions of people across the world eat bugs. You know, mm-hmm. they eat ants. They eat. I'm trying to think of some of the ones that they, you know, they eat all sorts of different um, insects. So like to us, it's, Ew and gross, but to a lot of people, it is some of their, it's a great source of protein and, you know, in different parts of the country or world where that's not prevalent or, you know, they don't have the means to, to buy a lot of protein. It's, it's a great source of protein. So, you know, that's what I talked to some of the sources that I talked to in the story was about that kind of, this was an opportunity for them to talk about eating bugs and to talk about alternative food sources. Um, you know, I talked to Andrew Zimmern from, you know, he's the, of the travel channels, Bizarre Foods. And he's, he said something to me like, you know, it's not whether you should eat them, it's that you could. And that, you know, he's like, it wasn't necessarily a gimmick when he made, I think he made something like crispy walk tossed cicadas um, when one of the different broods came in, you know, six or seven years ago. And he said, it wasn't necessarily meant to be a gimmick. You know, he's like, I made them and ate them, but he's like, it was meant to kind of start a conversation about, you know, how we can look at alternative food sources and, you know, that, you know, for millions of people that bugs are a, a food source. They're just not in America. And maybe I don't, you know, another, the OSU for us, professor I talked to, she talked to me about this company that makes protein bars out of cricket flour. Um, And that's something that she gets, you know, students in her class to try. And I mean, you probably can't taste it if it's ground up in flour, I think. But, um, but yeah, so, so it was interesting talking to them about that. And the joke is anytime, you know, you say, okay, what does this taste like that you're not aware of? You know, people are like, oh, it tastes like chicken. I, you know, I saw a quote in your story talking about, oh, it has a bold, it stands up to ginger or, or garlic or whatever the case might be. Did anybody say what the cicada tastes like? I mean, it's well, got to t- taste different than chicken, I'd imagine. Yeah, they call it the um, shrimp of the dirt because it has like mm. seafood type of flavors and they even, um, have a warning that they say if you have those shellfish allergies that you probably should steer clear of them. Um, but you know, the, the one forager I talked to, he's like, I, I'm not expecting it to t- taste like shrimp scampi when I eat it, but cause it's right. still, you know, these are, these are creatures that have been in the ground in the dirt for, for 17 years. So I know Andrew said that, um, from the, um, Bizarre Foods said they, you know, kind of had an earthy flavor, a loomy flavor, mm. which I had to look up the word loomy, I guess like, like a little sour um, taste. Um, but yeah, he was the one who said that it had, you know, really bold flavors, but not, he said, but not in a bad way that it, you know, it stood up. To, that's why he put it in with the ginger and some of the other, because um, he, he knew that it wouldn't just, it wasn't just covering up the flavor. Um, yeah. But yeah, people have said it kind of tastes like that seafood flavor that they did mentioned kind of a more of a chicken type of flavor um but yeah but it's still gonna have kind of 
earth-like <laughs> earth-like <Yeah. laughs> seasoning on it <laughs> well and i'm thinking too so I, I guess you can dig them up from your backyard if there's the cage in your backyard you don't have to go to the store or something but i mean that's got to be quite the process to clean it right obviously you're not eating dirt or anything well yeah i think most of the people said that like you could eat them whole if you wanted to um so it's kind of just washing them off but they didn't quite recommend that they said you know probably if they're the mature type that you take off the wings um they said things gave tips like you know you could eat the outer shell if you wanted to but like that's gonna be real crunchy so you know they were kind of recommend taking those off too but you know most of them said you could just you know gather them. They, they said in the morning time is the best time to get them you know kind of as they're just kind of maturing and coming out and yeah that you can kind of um they recipes that i saw or references i saw ranged everywhere from you know these crispy wok toss cicadas that andrew zimmer made on his show to um gumbo like dishes to um you know, chocolate covered cicadas in desserts like rhubarb pie. Um, I know the one forager that I talked to local forager from Columbus who he was, he was looking forward to trying them. Cause he just tries all that's like his, his hobby is trying all sorts of different things. Um, and he said he was going to probably make it with like a pesto. Cause he thought that that, you know, flavors might go well together. Plus he likes pesto. So he thought that would be, you know, a way to get it, get, get one down, you know, so he could say he tried it. Um, and I think he was going to just, um, saute some up with butter. So kind of everything from simple to like, you know, desserts to appetizers. Um, I kind of was seeing some, some recipes for online. So. I guess the big question is going to be, is it going to take off? I mean, we're writing stories about it because apparently there's more discussion of it, but I'm wondering if it's ever going to take off with the majority of people. No, and, and and um frankly, like I was telling you earlier that, you know, I'm working on a story today about when they're going to leave because that's yeah. something, people, you know, everyone was so excited. When are they coming? When are they coming? Now everyone's like, oh, when are they going to leave? So, you know, in reality, they're already starting to die off. And, you right. know, in the next two or two, really only have probably two more weeks with them. And then after these um, experts at um, OSU in, in Cincinnati that I talked to, they said that, um, you know, we probably won't even, you might see one or two here or there um, come the end of June, but come July 1st, July 2nd, you're not going to see them. Um, you might, the one expert I talked to said, it's very difficult if you don't know what you're looking for, but you might be able to see the eggs that the females have um, laid that will be kind of maturing and then they'll be burrowing down for the seven, next 17 years. So, you know, they're only here for another two weeks. So it's kind of like, if you haven't tried them already, right. you better get to it or, you know, but it I think like was, you can't throw them in the freezer. Right. I mean, you uh, actually they say that you can freeze them. Whoa. Yeah. So, so, you could, so you get could, out there. You and could, <laughs> yeah. You could, they do say that you could, whatever you don't use for your dish that you can, you can freeze them. <laughs> so that wasn't my story. I'm trying to imagine my wife's face. If she opens the freezer, where's all the other food? Hey, got rid of it. We got cicadas. I mean, we've yeah. got a year's worth of cicadas. And yeah. I probably well, won't be what, married too much longer. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what the one guy was, the forager had said something like that. He was just hoping to get one or two down, but you know, it could surprise you. Maybe it was my new favorite food. It was like, well, hope, hope it's not your favorite food. Cause he won't be around for another 17 years. So, yeah. but uh, it, did you, were you willing or able to try one? I mean, we're, we're, we're not unbiased. So 
We don't have to even move right If someone story. had cooked it up for me, I mean, I'm not going to go cook myself some just okay. for the fun of it. But if someone had cooked me, I, I'm a pretty adventurous eater, like to travel and, and that type of thing, which is a lot of people I talked to said, you know, they like to try different cu cuisines from different parts of the world. You know, I, you know, if someone had handed me some like buttered up cicada, I probably would have tried it. <laughs> but I wasn't going to go out of my way to go up to Muirfield and, and you know, scoop up some some cicadas and bring them back to the house to cook. <laughs> It adds another element. I mean, I know I mean, I'm in a remote position, so I can eat my lunches from home forever if I want. But I know, like, at the dispatch, reporters are going back to the office this week um, on a voluntary basis. You know, I, I guess when we're all at home, we can eat more cicadas for lunch because it doesn't matter. You don't have to impress your coworker. Uh, yeah. But I, I wonder how many people are bringing in cicadas to the lunchroom at, at the dispatch. Oh, I'm or, sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> but I, I think. Um, you know, it was very difficult when I was doing the article because it was a, a little early for the cicadas. So we couldn't even, you know, try to cook some stuff up like we sometimes would for food articles, you know, try the recipes and stuff. But also like no one had any pictures of what these cicada dishes, because I don't think anyone's, a lot of people haven't actually cooked them. They just like put together some recipes. So um, it was hard to find pictures of what these dishes would look like or what a cooked cicada actually looks like. You know, it'd be interesting to check back in with that forager I talked to to see if he actually went through with it and cooked up yeah. a couple. He said he was going to cook up a couple things that his wife was going to try a little bit and that because she's always kind of game to try whatever he makes and then um, that he might have a friend or two over. So, I, you know, be interested to see if they actually kind of went through with with trying it. Definitely. I want to give you guys a couple of plugs. And first of all, uh, we'll have the link to this story. It is a subscriber only story. You might be like, oh, what, what are they trying to do here? Um, support local journalism. Um, you know, uh, Dispatch has how many reports? Probably 20 now, I'd imagine. Oh, no, we got, uh, we got more than that. Maybe 40. Yeah. Uh, so there are people that are putting the work together. This is our full time jobs. Obviously, you know, we have to make money as a company to pay the people we have, like any other company in the world. So support local journalism. Uh, we have subscriber-only stories. Uh, we, ha we have stories that I think you get a couple of free views per month, but then you pay after that. But look, support local journalism. We're writing fun stories like with cicadas. We've got oh, yeah. state house coverage. Uh, I, I can't imagine any better state house coverage than we do here in Ohio. Um, as well, Ohio State Buckeye coverage. And we have 21 papers around the state. So it's not just news in Columbus. Hey, if something's happening around the state, we're on it. So, yeah. So, again, when you look look at her story, there's going to be a subscriber-only thing. But why not try? And right now, uh, we've had $1 for six-month deals and $1 for three-month deals. Yeah, crazy deals. Right, great deal. So support local journalism. I want to explain that just in case you click on the story and say, hey, why does it say subscriber-only? There's a reason why. It's to support good journalism like Allison provides. All right. Well, well Allison, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Hey, let's do this again. Yeah, uh, anytime, anytime. I'm always, yeah. I'm. People always ask me what I cover, and I always say, random. You know, it can be anything from, you know, what am I working on? You know, pool parties to, you know, cicada eating to yeah. all, all sorts of. I'm trying to think what I'm working. I'm working on another cicada story. Is what I'm doing today. So, you know, right. all, all sort, all sorts of things, and it's, you know, 
always, always can find something that, you know, you can read all the news that you want, but you can always find something a little interesting that might intrigue you or brighten your day or, you know, learn something new and, um, you know, as well as get all that important stuff that you need to. Well, it's a joy of being a features reporter. Yeah, as you guys say, and it, it makes for well-rounded coverage. Yeah, I mean, this afternoon we had big news about Larry Householder and other things. We need that coverage, but we also need the fun coverage, the yeah. coverage about cicada eating and everything else. Yeah. I got to say, fun story. I'm not going to rummage in the dirt to eat some cicadas, but hey, it's okay. a fun story. So definitely awesome. sounds good. Well, let us know. Um, like I said, I'm working from my house, but let us know if tomorrow at the dispatch there's six reporters <laughs> carrying in big bowls of cicadas to eat for lunch. <laughs> okay, Chris, I will. I hope not. If that's the case, I'll never come back to the office, but I'll be in. All right, Allison, thank you so much for your time. Oh, where can okay. we follow you on Twitter? Um, It's at Allison A. Ward. Pretty easy. Okay. Allison A. Ward. Oh, fantastic. Allison, thanks again. Hang out for a second afterwards. And to everyone else, thanks for listening to Ohio, and you have a great day. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.